The Alabama Crops Report podcast, your trusted information source for Alabama agriculture. Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of the Alabama Crops Report podcast. Scott Graham and Adam Rabinowitz in the uh, the studio today. Adam, how's it going? I'm doing really well, Scott. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We've got a, a recurring guest, but first time here in the studio with us, uh, Cedric Mack, our, one of our REAs out in the Wiregrass. Cedric, how's it going? It's going great, man. It's a little cold this morning, but it's all right. Yeah, we're recording this on May the 1st, and uh, it was chilly this morning when we woke up, 49. That's what my temp gauge told me, Yeah, 49 degrees. Yeah, but it's nice. It was a nice, quiet night last night, and we've had some rain lately, but uh, but it's things are looking good. Time to get rolling. That's with, right. With that, Cedric, what's it looking like in the wire grass? It's looking good, man. Uh, you know, some guys are still trying to finish up corn planting. Uh, you know, it's May 1st. I'd imagine in the past you'd say, dang, you're still planting corn in May. But um, I think they're still fine as of now to continue planting. It's, it's still cool. It's not extremely hot now. I think the only major concern would be is towards the middle part of May is heat during pollination. But, you know, keep planting is all I'm saying. But it's looking pretty good. The guys are still prepping um, their land from peanut production and cotton production. Yeah, we planted some thrips trials uh, at the research farm in Headland last week, and you know, I talked to a couple of folks. They're like, "Man, it's way too early to plant peanuts." Yeah. I said, "Well, we're trying to get too much by wilt virus." That's so. right. <laughs> what do you think our acreage split's going to be like this year? I don't know. Some statistician she sent out something to me. Um, I think corn acres is going to go up from what she has reported about twelve percent. It's what I'm seeing. And, you know, just talking to farmers that grow corn and, you know, some that grow that don't grow it, just listening to them talk, some are planting corn. So that 12 percent might be true. Yeah, we're, we're seeing, you know, the, the uh, expected acreage throughout the U.S. for corn is going to be up 4 percent. But in Alabama, it's actually uh, projected, the USDA has projected it up 17 percent okay. to 350,000 acres. And so, you know, there is some expectation that we're going to get a higher amount than last year. It's, but it only, I mean, that goes back to about what it was two years ago. Okay. So do you think, Cedric, they'll be pulling some irrigated cotton fields out and putting that in the corn? Or do you think it'll be dry land? Dry land and irrigated. Uh, if you got irrigation, that's the way to go, you know, because we can't predict and control the weather for sure. The only thing we can predict is not much, I guess. You know, if we don't know what this corn would do. But, um, yes, sir, I, I do think a lot of it is going to be irrigated. The majority of it will be. And you will have some guys that they're going to plant some dry land for rotation or, you know, I mean, cotton. You know what cotton prices look like. You know the inputs. The inputs are dropping a little bit, but it's more of the price. I mean, just getting a return. And you hear guys with, with the peanuts, I mean, the loan value, you know what that is. It's just it's rough right now for a lot of them, and people are just doing what it takes to survive, and I understand it. Absolutely. I mean, if if, if folks have locked in some of the, the high corn prices over the past year, that's certainly a good opportunity. You know, as you said, we've seen some of the, the fertilizer prices start to come down, and even some gas prices come down. And so, you know, that that is co- very much correlated with where corn prices can be. And so we're seeing those corn futures come down over the past year. We're, we're almost $2 a bushel down from where it was a year ago. That's right. But the problem is we've also seen cotton prices down too. So, you know, Scott, to your point about sort of where's those acres coming from, we're going to get a little bit of that shift from potentially from cotton to corn. Uh, but growers do need to remember, of course, the rotation. 
Long game. What about peanuts, Cedric? We're looking pretty static there. Or I talked to one man in particular. He ain't in my region. He's over there in the Atmore areas. I guess it'd be southwest if you cross that set line. Everything he said is going to be peanuts. Peanuts behind peanuts. We got. Te- he said we got technology to to handle nematodes if need. But he's just going to be very proactive. He got to survive. He said his peanut pickers paid off. His equipment is paid off. He got to do what's best for him. And I understand. But to answer your question, you asked what peanut acres would look like. It's a lot of land being broke for what I see. So I'd imagine it's either going to be the same. It won't be down. If anything, it may be up some. You probably can answer that. But I think we're going to be consistent still, maybe just like last year. I don't think they're going to flood the market with it. I just think they're going to do what they've been doing. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to be looking at a little bit up in terms of the peanut acreage this year. Um, you know, again, thinking about those competitive prices, mm-hmm. shifting a, potentially away from cotton into more peanuts, even, you know, with the corn prices that have come down, again, potentially moving some of those acres into peanuts. Although, as, you know, we talked about, there's, you know, the expectation of higher acreage on, on the corn side, too. But, you know, the peanut prices have, have kind of held a bit stronger than, than some of the other commodities. And speaking of prices, Cedric, you know, the folks I've talked to have, have been pretty pretty pleased so far what are you hearing about you know any concerns with pesticide shortage or anything like that seed shortage is everything seem to be pretty good demand yes sir i think we do have every you know demand is fine it's just one of them things to grow a good crop you know we can't predict two and a half ton acres we know we can't control the weather the biggest thing is being proactive we don't know when least spot is going to come in so another thing you just got to take care of your crop and just hope for the best and just be on top of things. But I think from what I'm hearing, just talking to a few guys that have been stocking up, things are in the warehouse. If you need this there, you know, prices are what they are. Some cheaper here, some, you know, not by much, but it's there in the warehouse. So I haven't heard a complaint about there isn't something out there yet. That's mostly what I've been hearing too, is that unlike the last couple of years, most of these retail distributor folks are pretty happy with with where they are right. That's right, that's right. Cedric, you've mentioned a couple of times already the weather. Can you talk a little bit about some expectation here as we're we're into May now, how the weather ultimately is going to affect some of the crop, maybe what we're seeing out there? I'll start back with my corn, though, because I got guys out on the ground now still trying to finish up. And it's not that they're trying to plant too many acres. It's just when it was dry at one point, and it was, it was too cold is what it was. They, they just didn't want to do it because they were afraid of frost. So when they got finally got started really good, it rained on us, and that set us down for about a week. And then once it dries out, the time to start planting again, it rains again, so it set them down again. So that's the biggest thing with a lot of them. But some guys up in them, you know, deeper sandy soil types, they're they're getting after it. But it's more of the heavy soils that are having this concern. It's getting to the point now where they're just about to put the corn up and move on to something else, planting cotton in the field or, or peanuts. But overall, weather has been fine. I mean, it's, it's wet out there right now in some areas. Moisture isn't a concern. But we're expecting certainly this time of year it's going to get hot soon. Oh, it's going to get hot. You know, I've been here June to make three years, and, you know, I've been watching it pretty hard. June 2020 was – May was extremely dry. 21 was extremely dry. 22 was was the same. I remember last year doing that scouting school, y'all were talking about it. This year is different. It could be wet the entire May. I hope – you know, I don't want it too wet. I want it enough moisture from guys to be working, you know, going on – the my third year here, for sure two consecutive years, it has been dry May. So I don't think that's a, that's nothing surprising to most of the farmers. They know in May is probably going to be extremely dry, and they're operating around that. 
You know, something else with that too, Cedric, I'll just plug your concerns with spider mites. If we do turn off hot and dry and the wire grass has been kind of a pocket the That's last right. couple of years where where we were fighting mites in a lot of fields and, and that goes back to what we're doing this time of the year if we're spraying thrips. You know, we're we're knocking out beneficial insects if we're using you know things like acephate. Maybe not causing a mite issue in that field you know that week, but maybe a month later we see mites or worse in the fields that were sprayed. So that's something folks need to consider if we do get hot and dry here early season. Think about beneficial insects to some degree. Now I'm not saying let thrips just eat your field up that's because right. you're scared of mites, right? I, I'm very much a believer in we'll we'll take care of today's problem today and worry about next week next right. week, right? But th- those are just some things to consider with weather. Also, you know, things like three-cornered alfalfa hoppers tend to be worse in, in dry springs. There's not as many available hosts for them out in the landscape. So, you know, like cotton or, or uh, peanuts or soybeans, whatever it is, is coming up. It's the most tender thing around, and that's where they flock. Just some things to think about there with weather as well. I keep up with you quite a bit on Twitter, and just you know, I call every every blue moon to just check in on you and see how things are going. What do you think insect pressure? I'm turning the the, the questions on you now. What do you think in, insect pressure will be like this year? I saw one of your grad students post something, and it just made me think about it. The one thing that we can predict about insects is that they're unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> you just never know, right? Well, you you just never know. You know, it's it's very easy right now to go out in crimson clover and stuff like that and collect tarnished plant bugs. I mean, it's it's very, very easy, but that may mean it's a big plant bug year. It may not. A lot of that's going to depend on the weather between now and June, uh, what that daisy fleabane does. They're, they're about to start moving off of, of these, you know, flowering cover crops that we have and they're going to start going to flea bane and then depending on how long it lasts out there it depends on when they migrate in so that you know we, we've got some time there for that to happen stink bugs you know we thought last year was going to be a big year it got so hot and dry there and in, in may and june when when the corn was attractive to stink bugs that we think it just basically killed them the weather killed them those immatures that were developing so they never really materialized in the cotton like we thought they would based on what we saw in uh in the corn earlier in the year but yeah you know it's like i say it's the one thing we can predict is we can't predict them predicting what's the unpredictable yeah right that actually you know kind of leads to a, a really good question i guess which is what can our growers really focus on to uh to help deal with that uncertainty Stay proactive because kind of like what Dr. Graham just said, it's unpredictable. You know, uh, most of them know throughout the growing season at different plant stages uh, where the plant is as far as they know what insects are, are going to be a concern. And it's a little different from weeds. You know, I can tell you, yeah, I got pomeranth, nut sedge, you know, X, Y, Z growing in this field. But insects, they just come from all over. You know, uh, weeds are, are like that, but they're kind of, they're not like that. So just stay out there in it. Just stay on top of it. I think what your message here, Cedric, is have a scout, have somebody (laughs) that walks your fields every week that knows what they're looking for, for insects, diseases, weeds, fertility issues, have somebody walking those fields who can help you identify problems so you can be as reactive as possible, as timely as possible when you react. That's right. That's definitely good advice staying aware of what's actually happening yep well cedric let's take just a couple of seconds here a couple minutes and 
and you've been on before, you've introduced yourself, but just tell the folks out there what role the REA, the regional agent, serves farmers, and you, you don't necessarily have to be specific to the wiregrass for yourself, or you can, but just in general, kind of give a plug for that position, because we know how important that is for us. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and my position is seven, is six or seven others out there as well. Our job is to be on the ground, to, to work with these farmers the best we can, and figure out what their needs are and just help them out, answer questions. You know, there's a lot of things that I don't have an answer to, but I know who to call to get an answer. Yeah, knowing where those resources that's are. Right, and, that's and, right. And how to get those answers. And, that's and right. That's, that's really critical. You don't have to know everything. The biggest thing is just knowing those resources, like you said. We're an extension. I, would, I guess you can say we're probably the middleman just knowing those resources. Absolutely. Well, Cedric, we appreciate you coming down to uh, to main campus and coming in the studio to record a podcast with us. As always, we appreciate our listeners, uh, everybody who tunes in every uh, episode to, to hear what's going on in the Alabama Crops Report podcast. Adam, I enjoyed it today. Enjoyed being here. Cedric, thank you very much for coming up here. Absolutely. I'll do it again. You guys just call and when y'all want to know something, I don't mind coming back. Maybe, maybe uh, this is preseason, but I guess after things slow down, maybe November I'll come back and give an update on what we really saw. Yeah, maybe an in-season update, too. That's right, yeah. We can do uh, mid-season and uh, at the very end and see what was what. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. As always, if we can ever be of any help to anybody out there, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. The Alabama Crops Report podcast is a production of the Alabama Cooperative Extension System and is sponsored by Alabama Ag Credit.